0: Everyone, welcome to another episode of Raising OKC Kids, Conversations with Metro Family in Oklahoma City. I'm Kirsten Holder. Today we're talking with Becky Wenst, Director of Marketing and Communications at the Oklahoma City Museum of Art. With her are Rosie May, Director of Learning and Engagement, and Amanda Harmer, Manager of Outreach and Early Learning. Welcome, Becky, Rosie, and Amanda. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having us. This is great. So I'm just gonna like cut right to the punchline. I've heard you have an exciting new announcement that you'd like to share with our viewers. We wanna hear.
1: We do! We just recently announced that we'll be offering free admission for kids and teens moving forward. So beginning with our public reopening, um, we did go through a temporary closure as a result of the COVID-19 crisis. um, And we are back open, so now it will be free for kids and teens to visit the museum. So we're excited about that. Um, Previously it was $10. Uh, per child. And uh, so now all you have to do is pay the adult admission. Um, Adult is considered 18 or older, and that's $12. But other than that, uh, kids will be free. So very exciting and big change for the museum.
0: Yes, and I'm sure that's going to be a difference maker in so many families coming to visit you all, which is just so great. so why was this you know i have my own ideas about this as i'm sure some of our viewers do but why was this decision important Um, why offer free admission to kids in the museum um and maybe on that note why is early art exposure something that all kids should have access to
2: i mean there's the obvious things that um there's research out there that shows that kids develop um, critical thinking skills and empathy just by looking at and talking about art so there's those things, but also especially in light of um, the recent crisis where we've all been, I know my family's been looking at screens a lot. And there's nothing that can replace that um, that experience of viewing a work of art in person, really unpacking it and looking at it and experiencing it with your family and talking about it. And we're just really excited. It's been something that we as a staff have wanted for a very long time. but um, removing those financial barriers for families that might not be able to come um, is really exciting and something, we're just so excited the day is here that we finally get to do it.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, I'm sure that was a long time coming too. You being a nonprofit, I can only imagine what went into that and it is certainly going to be something important um, for our community. So thank you um, on behalf of everyone. Um, I'm excited to take my own family there and take advantage of that a new free aspect.
1: Yeah, and I think, sorry to interrupt you, but I just wanted to thank our funders because I think that was the perfect uh, segue Mm -hmm. into just saying a big thank you to um, the Chickasaw Nation, the Ann Lacy Foundation, the Cressup Family Foundation, and Chuck and Renata Wiggins. So it was uh, it was a team effort um, for sure, and we are very thankful to uh, our funders for allowing us to make this
3: important change.
0: Absolutely, those people are so important to our community. So I echo those sentiments. Thank you very much to everyone who made it possible. Um, Rosie, I'm going to ask you a question. I know you're new to the museum, so um, can you tell me a little bit about your role, uh, how the museum is focusing on visitor experience, um, responding to community needs, um, your vision for your position?
3: So, um, I I am new. I came once we uh, in April, once everybody was at home. So I'm not used to seeing my colleagues, um, dressed up. They're typically, as I said earlier, wearing ponytails and in sweatshirts. Um, So this is fun, but I'm directing the curatorial and learning team. So we put those two groups back together and I am a museum educator like Amanda. And my most recent jobs have focused on what museums can do to better engage visitors in our galleries. A lot of people think, I don't know much about art, so I don't go to art museums, or the art museum doesn't tell my story. And I work to change that perception for visitors coming to the museum. By making sure our exhibitions tell many stories, not just the art historical story that you would find in a textbook. um, But stories that are relatable to people and connect with their contemporary experience. I also have a background in visitor research, so that allows us to learn about who our visitors are and what they expect and want from the museum. So my, one of my main areas of focus of my new position is to bring what we often call in the museum field, a more visitor-centric approach to our exhibitions. So I would just say, stay tuned for that. Um, it will be evolving over the next many months, but I have great colleagues and excited colleagues to work on this in learning and curatorial and uh the work has already begun
0: well that's great i'm i'm so sorry about the timing of your position but i am so excited to see what you do with it um, now that we can all kind of get back into the museum and enjoy what what you all have to offer um And on that note, I know the museum has taken many measures to ensure the safety and health of their guests. Um, Can one of you elaborate on those new procedures? What is it gonna look like if we visit the museum today?
1: So we've made a bunch of changes for the safety of our staff and our visitors. Um, Obviously that's been a priority for us forever since we started, um, but even more so now. So when you visit, um, we, you'll come in through the box office entrance, uh, so typically people enter by the tower. Um, we're asking people to enter by the box office, which allows us to create a queue that has six-foot spacing. Um, so we're encouraging people to book their tickets online ahead of time, but you can also buy at the admissions desk when you arrive. And then when you enter the galleries, um, you'll notice increased hand sanitizing stations. Um, You'll notice that all of our staff are wearing masks. Uh, We are strongly encouraging visitors to wear masks as well, um, both for your safety and for the safety of others. Uh, They're not currently required, um, but that is something we're talking about Uh, and definitely paying attention to what the CDC is saying and what our other um, state and public health officials are saying. Um, and then, additionally, we're just asking that anyone who's experiencing any symptoms of the COVID-19 uh, virus to please stay home. Please contact your healthcare um, provider. You know, there's there's the full list that you can you can find online, but obviously, fever and and cough are the two big ones. So, um, really, asking just stay home and um, protect yourself, protect other people, uh, and and. We think that by making these changes that people can immerse themselves in the artwork and not be worried about um, worried about this virus and it's you know we're trying to make the museum as safe a place as possible, so we really can have that immersive experience um, where you're not worried about uh, other things. you're really just present in the moment, and that's one of the the beautiful things about visiting an art museum. So we're trying to take all of these precautions ahead of time to really allow for uh, people to really enjoy their experience and to be able to experience the museum as it as it should be.
0: Yes, so well said. Yes, um, I love everything you guys are doing. That that makes me feel safer. Kind of hearing it from you um, saying about all of the different policies and procedures that are in place now. So just so everyone is clear, the, the tower you're referring to is the, is the big Chihuly glass structure that kind of runs vertically and that's where people normally enter, but now they're going to be entering through the box office, which is the eastmost entrance aside from the cafe, is that right? That is correct.
1: Um, and that uh, reminds me as well, the cafe is, is closed until further notice uh, and the theater is currently closed, but it is we are planning to open it before the end of June. So we're um, we're working on some new policies and procedures for the theater as well, where we'll have two at least two seats between uh, everyone visiting, uh, where we'll be asking um, that. Uh, people, even if you are visiting with a group, um, that you still uh, maintain those two seats. Um, so we're, we're blocking off sets of two, essentially. Um, and so that will allow, uh, and also every other row, so that will allow uh, about six, foot, six feet of distance um, between people as they're watching films. That's so funny. more to come on that um, in terms of an opening date.
0: Yes, thank you. Thank you for all that extra information. I know the more information we can get, the safer families feel visiting. So we appreciate all that detail. Um, Speaking of forced changes that you're having to make within the museum, uh, forced change often um, brings about even more creativity than we would have had to begin with. So can someone talk about um, initiatives, programs, you know, different kind of events that you all have been able to launch during quarantine that maybe you wouldn't have had the opportunity to otherwise?
2: So we were able to uh, provide virtual OKC MOA while we were all all at home before we reopened, um, which was a series of blogs and kind of insider information, different departments in the museum. We all took part in writing those to try to keep visitors feeling a little bit like they were still able to visit the museum during that time. Um, I'm personally really excited about a program that we have coming up on June 28th. So mark your calendars. Um, A lot of of, uh, our visitors are probably familiar with Sonic Free Family Day. That happens um, usually about four times a year. Well, to keep our visitors safe and to keep our staff safe, we are launching Sonic Virtual Free Family Day. On June 28th, so it's about a 45-minute-long uh, introduction to Pop Power, which is our current exhibition that just opened. We've got special guests like Sugar Free All Stars and OKC Improv, local artists. We're even going to have some art making during that time, and then a little short tour, um, so you kind of feel like you're at the museum for the day. So. Um, that's all going to launch on June 28th on our social media platforms and also on YouTube. And then you can catch different segments on Fox 25 on Living Oklahoma after the fact. So keep, keep that on your radar too. Um, Rosie's going to talk a little bit more about some long-term things that we're working on. So um,
3: in June, the Oklahoma State Department of Education released a document called Return to Learn. Um, and it detailed recommendations for schools for the next school year. Um, And one of the recommendations, and this won't surprise anyone, is to move away from field trips and pursue virtual experiences. We um, in the learning team have anticipated that this would happen, and so we've been planning to launch a distance learning program so that schools can continue to visit the museum's galleries in a live interactive way via the internet. So that's gonna launch in the fall of 2020 and replace the field trips.
0: I know so many kids look forward to that time. So I'm so glad to hear how you're adapting and accommodating that uh, package and program for virtual field trips. I'm sure that's going to be a highlight in a lot of the school um, systems this year. And for a lot of the teachers that are trying to do virtual classroom activities, this is going to be one that they'll just have in the bag. So that is great to hear. Um, You had mentioned a little bit about some exhibitions that are open now and maybe coming in the future. Can one of you elaborate on which exhibitions uh, we could see if we came to the museum today?
2: So we just launched Pop Power from Warhol to Coons. It's a really fun, bright, colorful introduction, or or not introduction, but um, exhibition of pop art. And its it's got names you'll recognize like Andy Warhol and Roy Lichtenstein, um, Claus Oldenburg, and even some more recent pop artists like Takashi Murakami and Keith Haring. So um, because it's all about pop art, which is art that's inspired by pop culture, there's gonna be lots of imagery that you and your kids will recognize, be able to talk about. There's even some glitter involved. It's a really fun, exciting exhibition. Um, And then we also have two exhibitions opening very soon. So Rosie, do you wanna tell them about one of those? Yes, opening
3: really soon is an exhibition called Art with a History. And the best way to explain this exhibition might be that it's about museum detective work. So all museums want to know where their artworks came from and who owns them from the moment the artwork was created to the time it came to the museum. Um, The reason why we want to know this is because it adds to an artwork's cultural and historical value. But the thing is, digging into this background can be quite complicated because over time, documents get lost, memories fade, and to trace this history can take a lot of detective work. So this exhibition follows that detective work and shows what we've learned about several artworks from the museum's collection. So that's going to be a fascinating exhibition for somebody who wants a little bit more of a behind the scenes look at what we do.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, and kind of a little taste at what it takes to be a curator or work in a museum behind the scenes. I just love that. I'm sure kids' uh, peripheral vision on their career field is just going to be kind of blown up through that, I imagine. That is so exciting. I can't wait to see some of those new exhibitions that are open now and um, bring my whole family as well. As we know, um, art has restorative and healing powers um, to everyone in our community and our families, um, multi-generational across all races. Um, can you talk about how important art is um, in a time of racial and political divide in our country?
3: So we are, um, we've been carefully watching uh, the events that have been unfolding across the country and really talking amongst ourselves about our place in this conversation. And um, we um, are committing to dialogue and continued uh, look into this and also looking for opportunities to diversify our collection, diversify our exhibitions and diversify our programming. And as I mentioned earlier, one of the work that I do is about telling different stories um, and and making sure we don't tell this um, kind of monolithic uh, accepted story. We, We also are going to take a look at our own culture and make sure that we're modeling the values of courage and inclusivity um, of the people leading this conversation about racial injustice in our country.
0: That is gonna be so important to so many. I mean, it's, it's nonprofits like yours that really have the opportunity to step up and heal and educate. And it sounds like that's exactly what you're doing. So thank you so much. Um, how can we as a community support you all since you all are giving so much back to us? Uh, So there's a few ways uh, that you can support the museum right now.
1: One of the best ways to support the museum all the time is to become a member. And as a thank you for becoming a member, uh, and there's all different levels of membership, it starts at about $50 and uh, goes up from there. Um, And as a thank you, the museum offers free admission and to either yourself or your family, depending on what level of membership you purchase and things like discounts in the store, discounts on film tickets, discounts on programs. Uh, So all the great things that are going on at the museum, you'll be the first to hear about it um, and it'll either be free or reduced price for you as a member. Uh, You can also uh, make a donation to our annual fund and annual fund is just a museum term for general, fund. So it just, it funds all the different things that we do at the museum, everything from keeping the lights on to um, staff salaries, uh, to bringing the great exhibitions that we bring um, to the city every year. Uh, So any amount helps for the annual fund. It's, it's a really important part of the museum and of our operations. Um, And then the last way is if you aren't financially able to support the museum at this time, uh, is to just uh, follow us on social media and share our content, help us get the word out, tell your friends. Um, it, our digital reach really is such an important part of the museum, especially as we saw over the last few months with people being stuck at home and not able to visit the museum in person. Um, we really are trying to to spread uh, the great things that we're doing at the museum on social media um, and to to have a conversation and to kind of encourage that Um, outside of our walls. So we get lots of great feedback, lots of comments, lots of people engaging with us on social and and it's a great way to interact with the museum and to help support us um, even if you can't visit.
0: That's great. Yeah, your social feed is so great. It's informative, entertaining, and on and on. So compliments to you and your staff for that. My family has our family membership, we're really excited to visit you guys very soon. Um, Is there anything we left out or anything else you'd like our uh, viewers to know?
1: So there was one other exhibition that we didn't touch on uh, called The Art of Light, uh, which is a celebration of the opening of Oklahoma Contemporary. Um, so I know you recently spoke with them, and we're all very e- eagerly anticipating their their opening that was unfortunately canceled, you know, a few months ago, but hopefully will be rescheduled soon. Uh, but they their opening exhibition is called Bright Golden Haze, and they're. Um, Doing a program where they're uh, reaching out to different members of the community and asking um, for essentially complementary programming or exhibitions. And so this is part of that uh, part of that whole um, event. It's called Bright Golden Haze Reflections. Uh, so the Art of Light will um, have three pieces from our collection that actually complement uh, the works on view at Oklahoma Contemporary. And so these are three historical works that use art. Art that use art that use light as a medium, and so this we think this is exciting because it kind of shows the way uh, previews the way that we we hope to work with Oklahoma Contemporary moving forward. Um, they'll be doing a lot of contemporary art shows, uh, and then we're you know showing our our permanent collection that we've you know cared for and have been um, you know caretakers for, for for many years, and it's exciting to be able to complement what's going on over there with uh, with the collection at the museum. So we're excited to be partners with them and excited to be part of this really um, historic opening for their their building in uh, Automobile Alley.
0: It's a huge deal. It's a huge deal for Oklahoma City, that's for sure, and I'm, I love it every time I see uh partnerships within the community to kind of boost each other up. So that is so great. I'm excited. Well, thank you everyone, Rosie, Amanda, and Becky for joining me today on Raising Oklahoma City Kids. For all of you tuning in, you can learn more about the Art Museum at www.moa I'm sorry, okcmoa.com. Join us next time on Raising OKC Kids.